Tandem Cannon, the Gamers Room podcast where Call of Play is canon, and where we're going to have a good time tonight. Let's celebrate. It's all right. This is episode 28. Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary, where we'll celebrate our first year with Tandem Cannon. Happy anniversary, me. Happy anniversary, Tiff. This is so exciting. <laughs> okay, let's go straight into the talk from Teen Tandem, and we're barely containing our excitement, so bear with us. Yes. So, Mia, what have you been up to with Gamer Homework? Uh, just continuing with Overwatch and you trying out some new tactics with characters and stuff. I'm really trying to get outside of my comfort zone and get better on other characters because I find out I like playing as either like a defensive or an offensive character or a healer, but I'm not really as good as playing a tank and I'm not used to it still. I'm okay with Orisa. Like she's probably the best person I can play with, but I don't feel comfortable totally. I'd rather do a support type of thing. Like I'd rather like debuff things or that sort of thing. So it's weird right. getting used to that play style. And, or two uh, of your new favorites. Orisa is my favorite and I love D.Va and um, I think i play pretty well with them but still it's like for other tank characters they don't really work as well with my play style and what I'd like to do having to hold all of that attention for a long period of time like it makes me uncomfortable it's it's just been interesting so playing a lot more with Torbjorn uh yeah <laughs> and getting comfortable with him and I'm like oh you're so cute I love you so much like supportive like cheerleader Santa I love Torbjorn yeah. or Gimli as I sometimes like to call him yeah. because he's just like so happy as soon as you're up there going out to do your defense or getting to the gate to line up he's pretty much already like doing his hurrah we can do this you're so cute right. I love you I like having capabilities that help my team overall I feel like my aim is not as great as it could be and right. so it's like eh. but what about Junkrat I told you to play with Junkrat, and then your life just suddenly just changed like you were on a Dr. Phil show. I mean, yeah, serious. Because <laughs> Tiffany, in her infinite wisdom, was like, hey, you should try playing with Junkrat. He likes explosives. You like explosives. I think you would make a great team. And lo and behold, too. yeah, we're in Volskaya, and it's one of the hardest maps, honestly, I think. I'm just blowing shit up, and it's just so much fun, and I'm actually being effective, and so you can hear me giggling, and I think I cackled a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can see why, even though we were kind of, like, side-eyeing Junkrat for a while, and then I started playing with him, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm laughing gleefully at blowing people up or sending people with his with his brain trap, sending them to the moon, and I'm okay with that. I <laughs> sent May sky high, like, twice, and it was the ugliest <laughs> feeling in the world. I laughed so it was bad it was a very ugly moment in time but it felt so good being able to take her down before she could get her cocoon either one so it was really satisfying like i felt like once i figured out which enemies to really go after it made him much more effective and i really liked that so yay i have better aiming capabilities with junk rat than i do with farah which Mm. is sad because i really love farah but i'm like I get a little bit more results with Junkrat, you know, I guess because he's supposed to be more ground assault to Farah's aerial. But I like explosions on both. You have to really time Farah's stuff. So yeah, that was fun. And then I started playing Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, and I really like it so far. It's really cool because it picks up from the Battle of Endor, so you get a little bit of the prologue, and then they go straight into the actual storyline. And this is probably one of the first Lego games that I've played that has the voice acting, because I think the only other one was Lego Marvel Super Heroes. And it's weird 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> getting used to that. I'm just like, the audio doesn't sound as crisp as it should be. And so it, it's kind of jarring at some points, but at the same time, it's it's kind of cool. And right now I'm in the Millennial Falcon right now, just hanging out. I'm like, this is so cool. I just think I remember like ever just being in the Millennium Falcon for the past Star Wars games. Yeah, and they have like a cover shooting mechanic now, so that that's pretty interesting. Interesting. Um, you can actually reuse Lego pieces that you have to build stuff for. You can use them in multiple situations. So you have like a set of blocks and you can use them in three different capacities and it has to be done in a certain order to be effective. It's really cool so far. I think we should play it together because I think you'll like it a lot. So what about you, Tiff? I've only been playing AC Unity, really. <laughs> it's one of these games I'm trying to finish up. I'm still in Sequence 10, mm-hmm. and I have pretty much finished majority of the side mission stuff. I've gotten all the chests, all the cockades, the Paris stories, Nostradamus enigmas. Like, I've solved all of that stuff. Wow. My only issue is that there's a DLC for Dead Kings, and... I've been trying to play that before I finish the game because there's some things you can unlock playing the DLC mm-hmm. that you can have in your main game. So I'm like, well, shoot, since I'm about to finish, I want to enjoy it for a couple more minutes. But for some reason, after I had downloaded the game, it just freezes. And so it never goes, which I think is highly disappointing because I wanted to finish the game. Eventually, I hope to finish with Unity sometime within the summer. My husband had introduced me to this but it's called Oh Sir, The Insult Simulator. But this one is like My Python Sketches meets the Yo Mama game show from In Living Color. So he started playing it and I, you have to insult these people, but you have to insult people with good English and good grammar. You can't just use a random bit of words. It has to be complete sentences. It makes sense. Mm. Uh, even though a lot of the insults don't make sense, your country is your son, you know, but... You eventually have just three characters starting off, but you can unlock more. But each of these characters come with weaknesses. One character might be more insulted over something. Like if you talk about their country, one person might be insulted more about their looks or being fat. They're sensitive about that, so you get more points the more insulting you do. Mm. So it's pretty neat. It is the most insulting English lesson I've ever played, and I loved it. I download it from my phone. It's all <laughs> yeah, like work on my run-ons and stuff, but you know, get my English on and insult people. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so E3 is coming up. Yeah, it's pretty much almost upon us. So Tiff, are there any games that you're looking forward to for E3? One of the games I am waiting on is God of War 4. Originally it was supposed to be out this fall. But I'm not sure if that's been pushed back. Like, a lot of games I know have been pushed back already. Yeah. So, Destiny 2, which we'll get into in a minute, has already hit. Like, a good couple of trailers have already pre-hit. But I know I'm kind of getting off topic. But how do you feel about people releasing trailers before E3 happens? I think it's a good and bad thing. I guess in one way it helps build the hype up early, the anticipation. So it's like, oh, we've got a taste. And so now at E3, we can actually see more and get more details I, I keep thinking of like The Last of Us and Destiny, how they release our stuff earlier in yeah. the spring. In a way, it's smart because it, it lets people know that, yes, we are working on something and we have something ready. And so it right. gives them time for E3 to kind of iron out those kinks to let people know what they want, what's coming up. But at the same time, again, it's that whole hype train. I worry that there might be some games being hyped up unnecessarily. And then we actually get the final result and it falls short of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather get the big reveals at E3. It makes that anticipation much more palpable. 
Yeah. And it feels like an exclusive event. Whereas if you're releasing a trailer three months ahead and then all these people have paid this money to go to E3, I don't know. It feels like it kind of cheapens the experience unless they're going to really expound on what they have already shown us. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But right. yeah, what about you, Tiff? I've come in the same vein as you. I would rather go ahead and just have a little bit of the cards contained. Mm-hmm. I can understand like doing teasers. Or a taste of the trailer, but not letting them have the whole thing up front. Right. Just have nibbles. Kind of like how Rockstar had did Red Dead Redemption 2. And they just suddenly just changed their background or just posted a picture of it. And then released, like, the trailer mm-hmm. and a teaser. But that's how it should have done. Of course, that was done months ago to heighten the anticipation. Now that we're approaching E3, People are wanting more. It's Ubisoft has shown their colors again. Now, granted, I'm kind of glad that they released Far Cry 5 beforehand. Yeah. Because now there's going to be like a whole bunch more ways for them while they're at E3 to get a little bit more feedback about what people are feeling Mm -hmm. or for them to clarify a lot of things. I think that's better to just do that while people have had time to think about it, not being fresh and up front in their face at E3 for the first time. And then for people to suddenly try to catch up to that. I think in that experience is good. E3 can be such a mixed bag, just depending on who the developer is, who the company is. Right. Yeah, but we got to talk about Destiny, though. Cause <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. Like, speaking of E3 stuff, I'm like, it's overhyped as hell by now, but I don't care. It is so pretty. Told me pretty much that I peed a little, and that's being modest. Looks like they fixed all the problems people had with the initial first go around with Destiny. What did you think about the trailer? I mean, I already overshared mine, but what did you think? <laughs> what did you think? Luckily, <laughs> I didn't pee, so yeah, that, I cracked up the whole time. I already like the protagonists. I like the characters. They've already reeled me in with the story and the ridiculousness that's going on here. Like, I'm ready. My body is ready bring it on this is gonna be a pickup for sure this might be one of the games that i have to probably pre-order but this was a real shocker there's humor yes oh my god i'm like did y'all talk to noah north and (laughs) because the dude is like his own stand-up comedian self so i'm like did y'all get input from him i'm like where did all this stuff come from because it definitely was not apparent in the real game even though you saw bits and pieces of it once noah north came on to become your ghost this one was quite a turn, but I'm liking it. Especially given the events that kind of take place in Destiny 2 and how, you know, everything kind of falls apart. And for them to yeah. still retain that humor and really expound on that, I thought that was brilliant. That's a really cool way to go because they could have been like, oh, what was us? Despair. Our tower has been destroyed. What shall we do? And, and really could have been somber. But I really like the tone that they're taking with this one. Already, I'm up here like, Okay, so how many light credits do I have? Will all my stuff transfer over? I mean, I'm ready. Let's do this. Right. There was a lot of things that we loved that was pretty, but ended up not living up to a standard this past year. I'm reserving judgment, but I just want to get a gauge of what a lot of people are saying, especially those who can actually get their hands on and play. So, Tiff, are you ready to get to the real stuff? Are you ready to level up? Yeah, let's throw a party and do this. Woohoo! So for today's tandem topic, Tea Time, it's our first anniversary episode. We have officially hit over a thousand podcast plays. Like, that is just so unreal. Like, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this. Mm -hmm. Ah! (laughs) And we have 
all of you to thank for it. Without you guys, this would not have been possible and not given us the incentive to keep moving forward. So thank you so much. You guys are the best. People are actually, they want to listen to us. They're li- like consistently listen to us. Like, really? like yeah, consistently. <laughs> That's the key word of that SAT sentence. Consistently <laughs> listening. Yeah. I don't think there's enough words to really say just how grateful we've been able to do this. And had such a really great year. Like, we've done a lot of stuff and have experienced so much and met some really cool people. Yeah, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is really real. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you know this or not, but the idea of the podcast, we kind of had been swirling around with it for a little bit. And in March of 2016, we attended AllCon for the first time. Yay, Mm -hmm. it was so much fun. And we decided to sit in on a podcasting 101 podcast by Scott Murray from Assembly of Geeks. And he Mm -hmm. had some really amazing advice on creating your audience, setting up your podcast, developing your theme. And so we spent like a good like three months planning and working on logos and and what we wanted our mission to be and stuff like that, creating music. And then we launched on June 16th of 2016. We've really been able to talk about a lot of stuff that we've been talking about forever, but I don't think we had like, we're like, we need to share these thoughts because it can't just be us like griping about these all the time this is years of accumulation of things that we didn't see was right or just wanting a way to express it and i'm like okay i'm sure there's at least like five other people who believe that same thing and apparently there is as everybody's going towards youtube there's not really much of a voice especially when it comes to female gamers or even black female gamers mm-hmm. that have a voice especially in the podcast realm and i know podcast of course has blown up over the last half decade so we essentially just wanted to just have our own little spot in the podcast universe and express all our feelings and nostalgia cares yeah and especially from nostalgia standpoint too because gaming has come quite a long way for a lot of us so good bad and different i, I definitely love the industry of how it's evolved For the most part. Amen. We decided to do like just kind of a general Q&A. We cover a lot of different topics. It can be very expansive and sometimes we just don't have the time to really expound on a lot of things. So we're just like, hey, let's just freeform it today. Just go whatever. So I guess I'll start with the first question. Tiffany. Yeah. So what games surprised you in terms of what you were going to be playing this year? Were there any games where you just didn't really expect to play them, but you just picked them up and just kind of ran with it? Definitely Overwatch. Mm. Overwatch was my surprise game this year. Because I'm not good at competitive gameplay like that. So games like that, Team Fortress or Rocket League, is not really up my league. Unless it's against AI. I can deal with AI. But with other people, I know there's already 500,000 people who are better than me. Easily. I found that out doing this latest season. I got crushed before I even got out the doorway. I found out that I was in love with Overwatch just from the vast variety of different characters you get to play with. Everybody is a team. It doesn't matter what you are doing. I think that's what sung to me to the point where now I got a sticker of that on my car. I'm a full Overwatch fan, even though I don't go immersive like a lot of people do. To get the full experience of the game, I still love what it does. It brings people together to fight for the greater good. What about you? I was going to say Overwatch too, because... Even though we do play co-op, like multiplayer games, like we've had very bad experiences doing multiplayer in general. 
And so I was very hesitant about us getting into this and, okay, people are just going to be jerks. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot like GTA Online or some of the other games where we or played. Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah. where That's people great. were just jerks. We prefer playing against AI people because then you get less of that assholeness. Yeah. But I think another game that I was thinking of was probably Persona. Yeah. I haven't played a lot of RPGs in general, but especially Japanese RPGs, except for Kingdom Hearts. And I was really shocked by how much I got into this game immediately. It was kind of a gamble, too, because there were games I heard about like 10, 15 years ago. And I was like, oh, well, this would be a cool game. This sounds something like something neat and took a chance on it. And most of the games that I picked up on that type of whim, I've absolutely loved. But right. I like the mechanics of it and just the story. And I like the whole emphasis on story and characters. And the Persona series has done such a great job just reeling me in. And now I'm just, I can't shut up about it. That I can totally understand because I know this was quite a bit of a switch, but I know that the story has made all the difference. What lured you in? in the first place because i remember hearing about it vaguely on x play like ages and ages ago and i was like that actually sounds pretty interesting let me just pick this up and i happened to find it when we were in austin for a classic game fest last year and yeah it was love at first sight okay well my question is what were this past year's disappointment mass effect andromeda i can't mm. I, I don't think there are enough words to really talk about how much i was really riding on this game to really be good especially mm-hmm. after mass effect 3 and the fallout with the ending and all that jazz but the writing front and really building up those characters they really fell flat on that we're not even going into graphics because honestly i don't really play mass effect games for the graphics but mm-hmm. Story and characters are everything for me. And if you can't get that right, you're already starting on a bad loop. So hopefully Bioware really took to heart what players have been saying. Of all the gaming companies, this was supposed to be the one to get this right and really just nail it and knock it out of the park. And so I think for the heavy criticism that they have gotten, they've really worked hard to fix a lot of those things. But at the same time, it's like, we shouldn't have had to do that in the first place. (laughs) Like the whole thing with the the animation, stuff like that. It's like, did y'all eat? even pay attention to this mass effect is kind of an action rpg and so it took away one of the elements that really makes mass effect a good solid game overall so yeah right what about you tiff mafia 3 was Mm. a big disappointment this year and the reason why i've been kind of hesitant to pick it up is because i was kind of gauging what mia was going to react to and yours has been kind of like story mode is fine but a lot of times i know a lot of people's complaints is just that the side missions aren't really worth this weight Again, was like one of those E3 games that came with high expectations and kind of delivered on a low whimper. So is that how you feel about? (laughs) Yeah. The time period that it came out to didn't really help very much because again, it came out right around the time that elections were happening. I started the game and it started off really strong and there were certain elements I did really like about it, but there were certain parts that I got to where you have white supremacists using the N-word and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, I need to step away from this game because if I go to work the next day, I will cuss somebody out. (laughs) (laughs) Amongst other things. (laughs) Mafia 3 has been one of the few games to feature a man of color protagonist, especially a black man. And I'm really all about trying to support those games. Like Watch Dogs 2, same thing. But it was just bad timing, the current political climate. I shouldn't let that affect me, but that's part of my everyday existence. And so I play video games to have a good time and to have fun and delve into something that's outside of reality for a little while. And when I face a game that just is a reflection of that. It's too real. It's too real. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that video games are now to that point where it can either just be wild and wacky like it's a junk rat show or it can have like a little bit more weight kind of like what heavy rain was right um so i i get that i like that there's you know two different spectrums to this but at the same time it's like sometimes there are games that hit too personally and sometimes you do have to take a step back there's nothing wrong with that we'll kind of react in the same way but i don't know if that's a phenomenon that solely exists for you know people of color lgbtq when they encounter those things it's, mm, dude, i, I want to support this game more but i can't because of reason xyz that's right. reflective of my real life right so what has been your favorite tandem canon moment or event overall to date it was right after we got through with all con and we went out to eat and practically came up with the concept of it right there. And that was like the big aha moment that happened so quickly to where it was like, we're doing this. We're really doing this. That I love. Just the foundation building is the favorite moment of mine. Hmm, that's so sweet. Oh, what about yours? <laughs> Probably QuakeCon. Just because I think it yeah. really solidified that it's like, oh, yes, we're like officially official. And I've heard about QuakeCon forever, but actually being there and being in the thick of it, it just felt like we had kind of entered a new phase in a way. Yeah. I mean, granted, both of us were like sick and not feeling well, but we still had a good ass time and we made the best of it. And it was just nice just being there and running around and stuff, like not even doing the bring your own computer. Yeah. Like we've reached yeah. the epitome. <laughs> yeah. All of that. So <laughs> the past happened. All righty. Do you have any unfinished games in your backlog that you would like to finish? <sighs> I have too many. I know, right? I would really like to finish with Days X. I'm still stuck on that first boss battle because he's hard as shit. Like, I'm like, dude, you're the first level. How am I going to get to the, the rest of the game? So there's that. Mafia 3, eventually. I have to wait like three more years for that. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm lucky, hopefully a couple of months, but we'll see about yeah. that. GTA, Chinatown Wars, and mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic. Like, those I have to go back and finish up on. I've been just so dealing with Persona stuff at the moment and doing all these jrpgs that take forever (laughs) right right yeah but what about you tiff unity and far cry 4 believe it or not i still have not finished far cry 4 fallout 3 i still need to go back and do but it it seems weird to go back and do these games when you haven't done anything with them in months i'm afraid that i'm going to try and figure out my controls while i get fired the fuck out by these big ass ants that are out here in these streets. Order 1886. I'm going to try and finish five games by the end of the year. Definitely for sure. So that is my goal. And Life is Strange. I need to finish that too. Oh yeah. Going to conventions is going to get worse. So going to get being 2,000 more and then 3,000. Are there any games that you've bought and still haven't gotten to? You haven't gotten to the tile screen for. There are um, probably a good like 15 different games I have that I have not had a chance to touch yet just because. What games that you would like to at least get in the, to the top of the pile by the time the next anniversary comes around? Oh, man. Of course, Deus Ex, because I have that, and Mankind Divided, so I have those two. Crackdown. Oh, 13 for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Because um, that one looks really awesome, and and probably Dishonored. Yeah. I've been wanting to play that for a minute, so that's, oh, put that's that awesome. Put that back on the list I need to finish, but I need to restart that, actually. Oh, 
It's too fucked up for me. There's too many people everywhere. What games are you looking forward to that are coming out like a year or so from now? Destiny. Destiny Hell 2. Yeah. God of War. And Red Dead Redemption 2 eventually when it comes out. I would say Far Cry 5 is kind of a touchy thing right now. Yikes. It might be one of those to hold off on until, yeah. What about you? Surprisingly, Agents of Mayhem. The more I hear about it and... Again, like I don't really expect much out of it at this point. I think as long as I keep my expectations low and not really expect a gripping storyline that will rock my entire world, I think I'll be okay. It seems like it's full of like 80s camp and explosions. And I'm like, all right, I'm all about that. I like 80s nostalgia and whatnot. So we'll give it a try. Another one, Surviving Mars. It's kind of like a cross between... Maybe Mass Effect and like Tropico or SimCity, mm-hmm. but you build a, a, a colony on Mars and you have to like manage resources and stuff to keep your colonists alive and whatnot. So it sounds really interesting. And then. Oh, everybody would be dead if it was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Then also Sea of Thieves. That one is a multiplayer pirate game. And you oh, can, neat! Yeah, you can you can create like a your pirate crew and everything, and go on missions and take out other players, plunder and stuff. So it's like playing Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag, but with friends and kicking ass and taking names. But on the other hand, other people can try and do shit to you. So it's right. like GTA Online, but pirate ships. And then the last one is Detroit, I think, Become Human. That's the next one that's going to be released by Quantic Dream. They made Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Sweet. Mm. What do you love most about doing the podcast? I just love hanging out and talking with you, Tiff. Like, it's so nice just to get together and fangirl about shit. And people, you know, you have someone who understands and gets it. And they don't look at you crazy like, um, what the hell's wrong with you? We have a wide variety of games that we like to play. And we have a good back and forth. They have a good team synergy. I'm about to say synergy. synergy. (laughs) It's just nice being able to talk about stuff, you know, with people that I like and being able to share that experience with other people. So, what about yeah. you? See, you always still in my lines. I mean, come on I'm now. <laughs> but, but, but practically, it's about the same thing. Um, especially since, of course, we've been friends long before we start really getting heavy into talking about gaming. This has been a cool way to also talk about things with my best friend, but just happen to broadcast. Mm. So, I think this is just a great way that we just came closer because it's something we both enjoy talking about and and i wouldn't have it with any other person oh you're so sweet no crying (laughs) but i guess on that note what do you hate most about doing a podcast in your opinion editing (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i love the talking part and stuff like that but when you have to hit that grind and edit the videos or editing the off topics or i'm sure for you also just the podcast itself can be a little tedious especially since like i want to do something else but i need to cut this three hour conversation down to like 57 minutes so like the struggle is often real editing it sucks balls it really does especially trying to get down hour and a half hour 45 minutes worth of content down to about 45 to 50 minutes it's hard because case in point we have a huge off topic that will be coming about last week when we were talking about Assassin's Creed, that was like, what, 10, 15 minutes of a tangent? Just... I can't remember how much of the audio I saved, but it was it was it was pretty long. I know that yeah. much. People really underestimate the amount of time editing takes, especially when it's like I want to actually game. I yeah. get withdrawals if I edit too much and I don't get any game time. Like I get fuck this, I'm done. I, I need a break. 
<laughs> like a withdrawal. Like I'm about to like start shaking and shit. Right. Are there any games in the past that you wish you would have played or gotten into earlier? Well, now that I've gotten big into like the Japanese RPG scene, I wish I had played Final Fantasy from the beginning and probably Chrono Trigger because those are really popular RPGs that they've stood the test of time. I mean, also yeah. Halo. I was in college when yeah. the first Halo came out and I remember Oh, it blew up. It was such a big deal. Like there were people in my classes cutting class just so they could stay mm-hmm. in the dorm and play Halo. And it looks really fun and I wish I could have been a part of that. And also Mass Effect really from the beginning because it hit me in all the feels, you know, five years after the fact. But I can only imagine how much worse it would be if I had played way back when, when it first came out, rather than after the trilogy had already finished. But what about you? Any of the Zelda games. Mm, yeah. I know I played a little bit of the first game, and I guess I was just too young to really get the concept of the game to play it. Then again, I wasn't good at many of the NES games, but me playing A Link to the Past made me realize that I missed quite a few gems here, and so if I had gotten the next few Zelda games and the GameCube and Nintendo 64, I would have been able to cultivate that a little bit better. I'm like, I love Zelda, but I unfortunately am not deep into the lore like I would have been. When your mom will only let you have certain games at a time, you're pretty much at the mercy, so. So what is one common trope in the industry that you'd like to see disappear? Women protagonists cannot sell a game. Yes. I wish that would go. Because with me playing Tomb Raider, she's been here for 20 years. I find that utterly ridiculous that only one developer would take a chance on her. All because she had, quote unquote, selling attributes from before. I'm glad for this reboot because it's not focusing on that, but actually her character and her abilities. Just more female characters in general. Especially that's not selling a sexual image that is actually a legit human being and that can stand on her own two feet and have a brain and not be sexualized that is all i ask agree you you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of i'm really tired of the the standard issue white male marine guy that is yeah. there to save the world it's like there are other people that exist and they deserve to be treated with the same respect as as your default white male character. So I would really love to get away from the slutty, invisible, evil dead trope yeah. with women. And I'd really like to see people of color, LGBTQ, have their own games that their identities are not necessarily front and center so much. But right. they are people and these are right. just things that are part of their lives that they have to deal with. What is the most frustrating game you've ever played? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. I think that was one of the first times I started learning how to cuss. And for the life of me, I was just like, this game just, it's terrible. You knew it was bad when as a kid, you're just like, this game sucks. It sucks ass. And then another one, Homefront. I heard that was not. The problem is... Of course, you know, it's based off of Red Dawn, the 80s movie. I think it tries way too hard to pull at your, I'm American, heartstrings, you know, but the controls are... Oh, so you're saying Michael Bay developed this game? Is that what this oh, is? Oh, God. I, I was like, I'm, I was really expecting, like, giant American flag, like some eagles and an explosion with someone walking away. It's one of those games that I have not finished because the controls are terrible. Like, there's not really a cover system 
I understand the potential that they were trying to do with the game, but at the same time, it kind of, again, it paints foreigners as an other, and right. I just don't like the message. It's just way too, America, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, and it's not in a really good way either. To this day, I still have not finished it because it was just that frustrating. So what about oh, yeah, you? <laughs> right, you're probably not. Devil May Cry pretty much told me to go to hell on my first boss or to go back to easy mode and that's my one frustrating game it seemed like since the series has gotten further along doesn't seem like besides for the first and maybe even the second game that anything else is worth it so right. eh, maybe i can i cut my losses early i'm sorry that's terrible because it seems like that game is right up your alley in terms of like the genre and everything and it was especially since like i had just finished phase of when i had finished the legacy of kane series and so kind of like my next step up from there and so insulted you know how, like, you have some of those games that pretty much mock you for going on easy mode? Like, yes. You quit acting like a bitch. Try to play games on normal mode if most of the time, but, nah, I don't know, nah, nah. <laughs> like, even though it's been remastered, I'm still just like, man, fuck that game. Let's see. So, in your opinion, I guess what makes us good best friends and awesome co-op partners? Because we've been, we've been doing this for a minute. We've been besties for, gosh, 17 years. Wow. We just bonded just over our mutual best friend and then stayed in touch all through college. Even then, we were gradually starting to bond over games because we bond over The Sims mm-hmm. a lot. And, of course, we would go offline and we would tell like what our Sims had done throughout the day. And then, and then gradually when we moved up here to the DFW area... Is where our love started to go, come together when we started going to like GameStop and stuff like that. Because we realized like, oh, so you have a PlayStation 2? Well, so do I. Well, let's go try and find games. Exploded from there. Our love, not only just for each other, but for this type of genre has always been there. And it's just evolved over time. And so it's brought us a lot closer together to where we will just stay and camp at each other's houses and play games for like the entire weekend. No problem brought us close together it's just our love for this industry and, and gaming in general so mm-hmm. yeah Aww. best friends forever what about you what do you think i have to agree and also because we also bonded through writing too because we started True. writing stories and stuff like that and we started sharing stuff back and forth and kind of becoming each other's editing partner so i think that mm-hmm. was like the starting point and then yeah. gaming became like an even bigger bridge that we're like, yeah. oh, you game too. That's yeah. so awesome. And let's do the things. Yeah. <laughs> and like even with our Sims, like we had stories for them. Like we had backstories behind, you know, what we were doing or the people that we had written in our stories, we would make them into Sims and yes. kind of like yes. play them out as, okay, this is what their lives would be like and stuff. It was really cool. And, you know, I think a big part of that is we're both very invested in not just video games in general, but really good video games that focus on a good story yes. and, and hook you in. And so it's all about the experience, you know, like the story, yeah. the characters. And gaming is just fun and working together with someone else and seeing a new perspective that maybe you didn't get, but they have that perspective on or they have that skill set that you don't have. And just like you're working toward a common goal. So it's just like, oh, yeah, we got it. I agree. Tiff, are there any games you want to retry? I think you mentioned one or two. Yeah, Dishonored, that's one. Maybe even Infamous. 
is one I want to retry, and I, I would have said Devil May Cry, but I'm still in, like, no, fuck that game, so <laughs> hell no to that. Maybe eventually I'll come around to that, but probably not in this decade, I don't think. So, yeah, I think those are the only two I still have to replay, but what about you? Probably Elder Scrolls, because I, I really do like the immersiveness of the story and everything. And I've heard so many good things about Skyrim and Oblivion that I've wanted to get into. And I'd like to continue with Dragon Age Inquisition. And I haven't started it yet. I heard the spiders are worse. Yeah. So I'd like to get back into that. I don't want my fears to prevent me from really getting into really good games that have that potential. I so agree. What are enemies or bosses in games you hate or hated facing? So I, I think so I'm, many, I know. I talked about the, the Deus Ex boss on the first level. This guy is super charged. Like I'm like, dude, you cannot possibly be the first one. Because normally the, you know, the first boss is kind of tough because you're kind of at that lower level and you're not really there yet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he is, he's hard. I've heard the other ones are a lot simpler. But I'm like, why does this bastard got to be the first one? Like, what the Up fuck? Up front. On Mass Effect 2, part where you go on this derelict Reaper ship and it's full of husks and other like collector enemies and whatnot. I hate that level of husks the whole time. It's just like, oh, get away from me, get away from me. Like all the thralls was like, no, no. Mm, yeah. No, mm, mm, it's mm. not so much that it's difficult. It's just that, you know, I don't like zombies. I don't like stuff, that, yeah. that creepy bullshit. And um, yeah, and it just seems like it's a never ending part especially when you get toward the end and it's like that's all you're attacking for the most part so there's that and then kingdom hearts 2 i remember the the tron level i hated that level i just wanted to just yeah the whole fucking table be like i'm out y'all are just screwed involved a lot of unnecessary backtracking and just foolishness clickers from last of us i can deal with them a lot they're sightless but they click because they're like bats and so that's how they detect you and bloaters, your big heavies in the game. I'd rather deal with a bloater all day long than two clickers at one time. Those aren't my specialties. So this is going to sound like a weird question, but have you ever stupidly erased a game file, maybe by accident? Yes, but just the reason why I have to go back and finish Infamous. I had gotten to the end where you're facing your final boss, and I was on the good side, but I couldn't beat him. He is one of my other frustrating bosses. I stopped, and so I started replaying Infamous as Evil Cole. And so when I did that, something had happened, and I accidentally erased my file of Good Cole. So I hadn't even beaten the game. And I have not picked it up since. I was just so freaking angry at myself for doing that because now I have to, if I want to do both ways, I have to go back through and play as Good Cole all over again. And what about you? I remember erasing a save file was when. Mass Effect when I accidentally like kept saving over and I was at that part where I had gone on to I found that that biotic terrorist that was on like some ship and I saved over my save file so there's no way for me to get off the ship because technically I had already like triggered the mission starting and I was too underpowered to actually take her down so I ended yeah. up having to just erase that and start all the way over from scratch I'm sorry no it's okay I, I um, lived. Well, have you ever listened to something in the background while playing a game? <laughs> I know we did this a lot with The Sims, but... Yes, for Mass Effect, because, you know, I hate Novaria with a passion. I hate bugs. <laughs> I hate husks. I usually have to play music when I'm on that level just to get me going. So I don't like staying there for too long. Last time, 
I've had the Hamilton soundtrack playing while I'm mm. going through, and that's helped me out because you know the the words are going on, so it's keeping me engaged and kind of away from it. And I have the the volume down, so it's not as scary. I'll sometimes listen to podcasts while I'm playing, just depending on what it is, especially if the music has gotten a little bit repetitive after a while. Um, yeah. Or Dragon Age, when um, you had like all those tunnels or the, the deep roads and you had those spiders, I'd have music on because I can't, the hissing is so loud and so disruptive and it's jarring because they just pop out of nowhere, literally, that I had to have music in order for me to get through it. Because even without the music, they still terrified me. But what about you? I had played music when I was playing Far Cry 4. And so now it's weird because now it's associated with Hamilton. The radio station changes once you unlock more towers or the further you're in story mode. But after a while, he still says the same shit over and over again, and you hear the same music. So I'm like, well, screw it. I'm, so I might resume that when I finally finish Far Cry. Woohoo! Let's see. So if you can go to any gaming or nerd event without question, where would you go? There's so many, to right. be honest. My Harry Potter self wants to go to LeakyCon really bad. Yes. I am torn between going to San Diego or New York Comic Con. Same. And of course, Gaming-related, E3. Sorry. So that's what I would love to do. What about you? Same. I had all (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I had the same. Because, I mean, we're very fortunate living in Texas where we are. There are a lot of really big cons that come here. And so yes. it's not much of, but it's not much of a hassle to find a, a good con to go to. Like, cause you have Acon up here, you have, you know, Dallas Fan Expo, whatnot. So there's a lot up here, but I'm like, I want to go to E3. I'm glad it opened to the public, but it's still going to be the same mm-hmm. issues that like a lot of people have trying to get into San Diego. It's, you know, it's limited supply. So Wine City. Yeah. Did you ever get to a part of a game that you realized you or your character weren't ready for uh, it at all? Just Cause 2, probably one of the largest open worlds to ever exist in a video game. But it's very easy to just stumble into things and get in trouble. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, look at this statue. I can blow this up. Look at this cart. I can blow this up. And there were times where I would just be like, you know, let's go, you know, hop out of a helicopter or something. And I land like on a military base or, or something like that. And Oh, that's great planning right there. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. And it's like, this is not what I intended at all. I was just exploring. But yeah, I, I, I learned my lesson. I didn't mean to come here. Right. I learned my lesson real fast. What about you? Well, it was the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. I think I was like on level 70 something. And it was not enough. I couldn't. I don't even think I got to the final boss, and he was getting taken out. After that, I stopped playing, and of course, by that time, had sold my PS2 game, so I couldn't complete that or even go back because I think I was at the point where it was no return anyway, so I was stuck. Oh no! So I would love to go back and play it back through to see if I can level up right so I can defeat the final boss. So, were there any games that shocked you with the ending? AC two. Oh, that was like the first time where I was just like, what the, I was with Desmond, I'm like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck <laughs> just happened? I'm just, <laughs> I, it's like, I mean, AC1 kind of had qualities of that, but it wasn't as profound as this. And especially since I love when Minerva practically shut Ezio down, it's just like, no, you did your part. Shut your face. I need to talk <laughs> to this guy over here. And so Ezio's like, what the 
what the fuck? What the fuck? And she's like, bitch, I ain't talking to you. I'm talking bitch, through I you. I talk to you. And so she's but that was what really solidified number two. And wow, this world has just gotten deeper. And I want to explore more of that. Can't wait for ACB to come out. It just opened the entire world for me. So definitely that was the most surprising thing ever. But a lot of times, like, even plot twists don't really surprise me that much. Mm-hmm. Heavy Rain. But I hadn't finished Heavy Rain. But I know who did it. That is surprising to me, too. Yeah. Who, who the um kidnapper was serial killer was yeah because for some reason i had glossed all over that shit i was like oh la, 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 and then it happened i'm like no the fuck? i felt Shut so betrayed <laughs> i was like i was ready for you we were all ready for you <laughs> i'm just saying cue the terror the um tyra banks clip we were all room for you how dare you <laughs> Yeah, like, that was intense. Like, I was not ready for that. That one caused me some whiplash. GTA 4, I was so upset that you had to kind of choose between the two. And as much as Roman, like, annoyed the shit out of me, I could not just leave him like that. I'm like, that's my boy. That's my cousin. Blood is thicker than water. What ending did you choose? Was it the one where Kate died or Roman died? Kate died. Okay. Yeah. That's why I chose to. Because I'm like, man, revenge is about to be a bitch. I mean... We're already here. You might as well go ahead and see it through. Right. <laughs> and, but it was just so sad that, you know, no matter what, Nico was going to lose somebody. And yeah. it's just like, really? Can you just let this boy be happy for a minute? Like, can you? Seriously? And he had just so many things to deal with emotionally and stuff. So yes. just to add to that, I, it just felt wrong. And I guess I could also say brotherhood because I was really shocked by what happened with Lucy. And yeah. that was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, how? Like, what do you? Yeah, you can sense Lucy and Desmond becoming closer and really connecting yeah. and having that bond. And it's like, oh, I love you guys. I ship you guys. I You're so you. cute. Yes. <laughs> and then all that fell apart, and he was so broken up over what happened. He didn't want to do it, even though it was out of his control. And I'm sure he felt the levity of responsibility, mm-hmm. even though he couldn't control that. Right. That was practically the god. That's not something you can just easily forget. So. Uh-uh. It's I just really had to see that in slow motion. I don't. Yeah. Gaming. What gaming series are doing the most, or just need to take a long ass break? Assassin's Creed. I know Assassin's Creed is one. Is a given. I want to also say Kingdom Hearts because I'm yes. tired of them teasing three for years and years and years and coming out with all these extra games. But I'm like, can you just focus on three? Please, mm-hmm. like it's been, it's literally been 11 years since the last mainline Kingdom Hearts game has come out. And um, did you see the news that and Final Fantasy VII Revisited one? Mm-hmm. Three more years. Yeah. I'm like, they're doing more time than a Texas inmate at a prison. I mean, serious. I give them respect for wanting to get the properties right. I understand that. I would rather have you do that. But at the same time, when you release shit in the middle of that, it kind of negates that. It really does. It cheapens it. It cheapens yeah. the whole experience because I haven't played any of the other ones. I have the the remix games that are included as a package deal, but I'm like, it's intimidating thinking about getting into those because just the main storylines of Kingdom Hearts 1 and it's 2, those are confusing enough. Not even considering all the other shit that's gone down since then. So that one is one I'd like to kind of have a seat. Homefront, original Homefront, and the newest one that came out, those have not been good. And again, it's hyping up this, oh, North Korea is an enemy and they've invaded the U.S. But again, those stories are not well developed. Mechanics are not that great. 
And then I'd have to say The Sims. As much as I love them to pieces, I'm just kind of like, can we just get a hiatus for right now? Please do it. Just, you know, regroup, revamp some things, wait a couple of years, and then come back and have, like, Sims 5 and be phenomenal and not just run-of-the-mill, oh, yeah, we made another one. Here, get this content that was in all the other games. Yeah. Yeah. But this time it's going to be $75. Like, uh, <clears throat> no, no, no. Y'all can have all of that. Have <laughs> it all. Shit. I'm going to keep my Sims 2 for free. Saying. Like, <laughs> that stuff is already paid for. Right. <laughs> yeah, but what about you? <laughs> what do you think? A lot of the games that you've already stated, and of course I already just said Assassin's Creed, it's kind of already acknowledged. Definitely have to add, of course, the Call of Duty to that pile. Also, you know what? Five Nights at Freddy's. So like, we don't play those games, but I'm like, y'all are really coming out with more content. Like, what the what the fuck do you have to say? Most of the games is like the same iteration over and over again, but it was released in lesser daytime. Kind of meh to me. Yeah. Even though it took a long break, but I think they're starting a new series. Still the same thing. I'm like, y'all are starting to like pull like a Call of Duty Assassin's Creed combo, and I forgot one, but. The Telltale games, they're starting to wear out the welcome very quickly. Yeah, they had Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, Guardians of the Galaxy. They've done a couple other franchises, and it's like, okay, this is cool. The mechanic was really cool, but I'm really worried that they're spreading themselves way too thin. Even though those games are very compelling and they're very story-driven, they're going to fizzle out if they don't kind of cool things down. So are there characters that you feel like you're totally, like, ride or die for? Connor. Oh, I am totally a Connor diehard, and for the various reasons that we've already reiterated, I just love Connor, and I love his heart and dedication, even though it comes with some naivete, Connor Kenway all damn day, so, yeah. Yay. What about you? Well, I have to say Tally from Mass Effect. Yes. Um, yes. Tally and Garrus, I just love them both. They're just complete absolute dorks who are very badass and they really help add to the perspective of your shepherd and maybe you as a person because you realize that you can make some really genuine friendships and even relationships with people that are not even your species but you're fighting the same cause and you're working on the same team and it's just understanding yeah and it makes those feelings just even more palpable because you're responsible for them in a way for my babies what has doing the podcast taught you about yourself That's a hard one. Doing the podcast has taught me that I care very much about like representation in games Mm -hmm. and really making people understand people of color, marginalized groups have a specific set of experiences that need to be listened to because we see things from a certain perspective that I think most people, most gamers don't really think about or they have the luxury of not thinking about until it's like front and center. But it kind of reminds me too that games are where I feel like the most social, even though I'm an introvert. If I find a game that works for me, I find Overwatch. ways, yeah, like I find ways <laughs> to be social, and I still want to communicate and communicate how much I love something with someone right. else. So, yeah. But what about you? Definitely, it has expanded a lot of my knowledge, is my world of gaming, but it's helped to expose us to a lot more things that probably if we had not done this probably would have still kept to the same type of games that we generally like to play so i appreciate that what are the most underrated games in your opinion 
the Legacy of Kane series. Mm. I started playing Blood Omen back in the day. It just reminded me too much of like a cross between Castlevania and like a Dark Zelda game. The story was just so good. You know, it was dark, but developed from the same people who brought us Tomb Raider back in the day. And that was besides for Tomb Raider, the first game I was able to play through by myself. So that really made an impression. But the story mode, I think, is really, really underrated. You really don't hear on the radar that much. And I think that's just sad that it didn't carry across the sands of time like a lot of other games did. How about you? You know what? Elite Beat Agents? I really am surprised we didn't get more games because it's so much fun. And the storyline is just kind of ridiculous. But I'm a big fan of rhythm games. And Elite Beat Agents came out right before the big rhythm wave sort of hit, you know, with Just Dance and Dance Dance Revolution, Dance Central. I felt like it was way ahead of its time. And I I wish that more people played it. And I wish we had gotten more games because it's fun. It's engaging. And it's actually difficult. (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm like, I still can't get past the first level. What about gaming associated TV shows that you miss? I miss X-Play. Aww. X-Play, to be honest, was really my first real exposure to gaming as an industry, that's when I really started to identify as a gamer. Like it became part of my identity that I was like, this is what I do. This is who I am. Watching kind of the shows on G4 really reinforced that for me. And uh, Cinematech, actually, because that's how I learned about other games coming out because they would come out with the trailers and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So it was my first video game journalism. What about you? Cult monkeys. Cult monkeys. Definitely cult monkeys. That was still during the golden age, as I like to call it, of um, <sighs> G4, Ninja Warrior. I mean, that was practically the highlights of my weekends that I would just gorge on G4 shows. Cult monkeys, of course, is it was an 8-bit show that only ran about two seasons, but only season one was released. Cult monkeys has been an 8-bit cartoon that takes place in the 80s. Parodies of gaming companies back in the day. It was in television, but it was like ColecoVision on the show. Right. And stuff like that. So they had parodies of the different gaming companies. But it was such a great show. And don't even forget about Black Steve and the Black, Black Attack Tech Squadron. Yeah. Oh, it's just a fantastic show. I know, like, for a lot, a while, it used to be on Netflix. It's probably not anymore. But if you can find clips on YouTube, which I'm sure people have posted, watch it. What was the first game that made an impression on YouTube? Super Mario World. Hmm. It was the first game that I could start beating on my own because I couldn't do that with any of the previous Mario Worlds. I could kind of sort of with Mario World 3 and I beat like the first level of Mario 2. And don't even get me started on Mario 1. I'm not just button mashing. I know what this button does and understand the mechanics of the game. Spiral and Crash Bandicoot, the first games I ever beat complete. Oh, Spyro. Mm-hmm. What about you? Streets of Rage on Sega. Oh, or, God, yes. How could I forget that shit? Yeah, yeah. or uh, Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo. Those were girls that you could actually play yeah. and kick ass, and they were allowed to be cute, they were allowed to be sexy, whatever, but they but would they still will beat, your ass. beat the shit out of you. And so, yes. it was like, yes, I get to be Blaze, or I get to be Chun-Li. And especially once you learned Chun-Li's special moves, like, it was a wrap about to dominate this bitch. all good (laughs) if you could personally be in any video game which would you choose and why assassin's creed 2 or knights of the old republic just because they both have really immersive worlds feels very real and especially in knights of the old republic like i could see myself running around in i love space so 
I'm like, okay, yeah. that seems a little bit safer. Plus, there are no bugs. I can deal with that. There is a compromise here. Right. And then Assassin's Creed 2, I mean, obviously, it's Renaissance Italy. Festivals, art, and culture, and life just happening. Just be amazing. So, mm-hmm. what about you? Lego movie. Boom. The thing you have to worry about is Mr. Business. That seems a lot better compared to, like, a lot of people. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I would say GTA. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, you can jack my crappy ass car. Go ahead and have it. I'll take my chances with um, Los Santos or even Liberty City. That's funny. I'll take my chance. What has been your favorite episode to record then? Back to school bitches. Oh, interesting. Because I remember getting excited about the games we used to play in school and being a nerd and learning about things. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to revisit all the games that either made us happy or just grateful that we didn't have to work hard in computer lab it really stirred up a lot of emotional stuff for me a lot of these games had sentimental value from like one company set out to make a difference for a lot of us learning wise and we grew up at the right time to where this became a part of our lives that's so true made school fun for one and the nostalgia factor was really nice yeah that was a really fun episode a couple of weeks ago i actually went on youtube and looked up museum madness and it's so unbelievable how many people have such fond memories of the game i'm not the only one that felt that way mm-hmm. what about you i was gonna say back to school bitches <laughs> i mean that was a, a really fun episode and again yes. it was really nice to kind of get off that nostalgia i probably had to say when the saints go marching in because you know we're yeah. big saints row fangirls and it was just nice to really talk about the series as a whole and really highlight why saints row 2 especially was such a game changer and and just showing how much we care about this series like it's undergone such a drastic change from where it started we're definitely one of the old school crowd we want the saints row where it had the zaniness but there was an actual story you cared about these people they weren't just a bunch of caricatures it was just nice to talk about that and get that off our chest because i think that was one of the episodes that we were just like we've been itching to do that one for a minute before we even started the podcast what about games that were way too short? Hmm. Elite Beat Agents was way too short. Um, <laughs> like, That's where that second game should have came in well, play. Yeah, like, I mean, they had, I think, maybe 10 or 12 levels, I think. It still felt really, really short considering the amount of stuff that you could potentially get into with the main storylines. And I wish that we had gotten more sequels. Who do I yeah. have to fist fight to get that one back? And gone home, surprisingly. Wish we yeah, had, I was, by the time you got to the end, like, it started to rush a little bit. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, hold on. <laughs> I guess for me, Order 1886, I know it's notorious for being way too short. But the graphics are pretty. And another one I really wish hadn't ended, but at the same time, it ended when it should have been, was Journey. Oh. It's a nice, short game, but even... For like two to four hours worth, it still gives you a compelling story. So I can't really even argue with that. But even still, that's pretty short. Still told the story that it needed to. So I guess I can't complain too much about it. Right. I guess on that note then, if you had to choose five games to play for the rest of your life, which would you choose? I would probably play like Rise of the Tomb Raider. That will be one. Mm-hmm. Legacy of Cain will be one. For Shits and Giggles... The second Lego Star Wars. You have to have something fun along that journey. Right. Um, for Gravity, it have to be AC2, mm-hmm. definitely. The first little big plan. What about you? 
shit. Go ahead and say it. Mass Effect. Okay. I'm torn, <laughs> I'm torn between one and two because one is amazing for the lore, but two is what sells it's it on on gameplay. So I have to say Mass Effect 2, Assassin's Creed 2. Gotta get that one off the bat. The Sims, Katamari Damashi, because I love yeah. that game. It's just so silly and, and goofy. And for the last one, probably either Jade Empire or Knights of the Old Republic. Either one okay. of those. Yeah. What was your last one? Or which one were you trying to recant? This is hard. I guess. So five more. Probably Persona 5. Overwatch. I would say The Sims. Yeah. Oh, Overwatch. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Yes. Uncharted 2. Lego Harry Potter. Yes. Years 1 through 4. Um, yeah. Because that was when I felt like it really captured the real spirit of the, the books the best. Yeah. I think I got one more. Saints Row 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes. 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 The Warriors. The Warriors. Yes. Fucking The oh Warriors. I think those would definitely yeah. be it. What are things you wish you could do more for the podcast? You know, I wish we could do more streaming. And I, I yes. feel so bad. That was going to be my <laughs> I feel so bad because, you know, we have the Twitch and everything, but we really haven't had a chance to utilize it as much, especially because we're pretty busy. But I would like to yeah. do more co-op gaming. Hey, what a concept. Hey. Um, yeah. And then engaging with fans more. I think I'm starting to do a pretty decent job on Twitter, but I'm kind of corny. You so. are. I think that's something I can probably improve more is like stop being so anti-social because it seems like you more have the twitter personality and so it Mm. feels like i might be encroaching if i was to log in but what i also want to do is do more streaming since i'm having technical difficulties i'm trying to get that ironed out hopefully this month so we can finally start doing some decent streaming have to fix these problems first before we can actually go legitimately start streaming a lot more so it's in progress. It's not that we haven't forgot about it. Just we don't have the technology to do it yet. Yeah. At least me. So have you ever played a game that completely exceeded your expectations? You just fell in love with it. This game is Bay. Overwatch. Oh. Overwatch. It was one of the games that kind of turned my head. I just loved all the characters and what it involves, what they're fighting for. It exceeded my expectations because I didn't realize what the gameplay had involved in it. It actually opens your eyes to so much more than there used to be. The support characters are actually revered. And also, of course, I have to say Assassin's Creed series. Managed to get through number one just fine. And I liked it enough to where I wanted to continue the series. Number two, set the trend. And I also have to say the Lego game. They were better than mostly any of the movie games we've ever played. Agreed. Assassin's Creed 2 definitely was <laughs> one because I remember playing the first one and it was okay, but there were parts like mechanics about it that I'm like, dude, I'm just walking. Like I didn't do anything. Why am I in trouble? But Assassin's Creed 2, within the first five minutes, I was done. I was a goner. As you got further into the story, it's like, okay, this is everything. Probably would say Deus Ex Human Revolution. Again, I'm only on the first level, but I love the concept of it. The idea of augmentation and the social, political, ethical consequences of that and how it affects society. And the Deus Ex series is just good overall. But I like that it explores those things and it doesn't really pull any punches. Persona, surprisingly, just kind of heard about it like 10 or 12 years ago. And I just picked it up kind of on a whim well, this looks like fun. Let's try this out. And if I don't like it, I'll just sell it back or whatever. And right. I was done. Like, I've never spent so much time in a game outside of the Mass Effect trilogy. How have your gaming preferences changed from a child to an adult? You know, I think as a child, 
you just kind of play whatever you can and whatever happens to be in front of you and what you have access to. And so I remember as a kid, I played a lot of like fighting games, a lot of platforming games, Mario, Street Fighter, Streets of Rage, lots of streets, Sonic. I played, you know, sports games like NBA Jam. It wasn't until maybe I was in high school about to go off to college where gaming became more part of an identity for me. We started playing games like GTA, anything that had a really good story, The Sims, third person shooters, RPGs. And even though like as an adult, I feel like I'm much more choosy about the the type of games that I do purchase. I'm much more informed now and I'm a lot choosier. Like the experiences I have with gaming, they stick with me more as an adult. What about you? Childhood was more depending on what all you had. Ours was limited apart from what my brother could get. A lot of times it's either I just watch him play or I will play along with him, especially when we had Double Dragon 2 uh, was really the first game where I could play along with my brother and not feel like I was taking on the entire world by myself. As I grew older, it seems like it's the same kind of games that I liked are still the same games I like. I love action-adventure games, Tomb Raider, Soul Reaver, but also it's like once I got into like the late 90s, early 2000s, platformer games had not left me. It was just different. Spyro and Crash Bandicoot were different. Oh, and Mario Kart. Mario Kart 2. Oh, yeah. Um, I still have the same kind of flavor for games that I used to, but now it's expanded. But when Kingdom Hearts came out, I remember I immediately was eating all of that up. I'm kind of glad by the time I got in college, um, definitely that was when I was starting to crawl back to console gaming, action-adventure games. I guess in that case, then, are there any games or certain genres, then, that sort of make you feel intimidated, like, as a whole? Definitely zombie games. Mm. Or any kind of really scary games, like um, The Evil Within. I couldn't really finish Dante's Inferno, because it just made me so squeamish a lot. Like, I could play God of War blindfolded, but I couldn't play this game, I guess, because it was just hitting too close to the mark. Especially you had me at nipples issuing dead babies. Going to sacrifice that if the game is really worthwhile last of us and i kind of want to get into pray for that same reason even though it make me squeamish but if the game is good it distracts me from that what about you you know i think survival horror for sure anything with zombies the last of us for example i'm like i would love to play it because of the story but i cannot i would freak out way too much and then i think some fantasy you know anything with with spiders like elder scrolls dragon age Although those seem like really cool properties for good things about those, even like World of Warcraft, probably there's just something about those type of games that I freak out way too much. And maybe even some action adventure to a certain extent, just depending on what type of enemies you're facing. Like yeah. I said, I'm not very good when it comes to animals or games where their social issues hit way too close to home. Where yeah. it's hard to distinguish whether it's a video game or my real life. And so I have to kind of like take those with a grain of salt a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever regretted playing a game? Oh, I have to say yes. <laughs> uh, Is it Get Out of Hell? Get Out of Hell actually wasn't one of them. Although it was tedious and it was boring and, you know, there are parts of it that didn't make sense. The ending was worth it. It's been so long. I regretted playing Call of Duty World at War. Because that was one of the Mm -hmm. first games that we tried, I think, on the PlayStation 3 for co-op. And we figured out that you couldn't save your game unless you completed the entire single-player campaign first. And we we were so... It was fun, but... It was fun, but we were so upset. We had done, like, I don't know how many hours of gameplay. Like, we had gone through 
so many levels and we were kicking ass. And then uh-huh. you find out you can't save all that progress. And it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm the table. Like, I was so mad. Like, I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm not playing this anymore. It's bad. Yeah. And then Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. It was so buggy and so awful. Mm. And you could tell that like, they were really trying to capitalize off of on, on Stranger Tides, the fourth one. Yeah. And it was just like, why did y'all, y'all had one job. Why did y'all ruin this? Why? Right. In fact, y'all could have waited a long time from here. Y'all could have waited till never. Like, just, <laughs> just leave it alone. Just keep it to the trilogy and keep yeah, it pushing. Keep it moving. Because, I mean, the first movie was great, but I didn't really care for the rest of them. So, so yeah. What about you, Tiff? Speaking of the Pirates of the Caribbean, I remember we went out and bought the movie game. Mm. And it just sucked. I don't think we've ever returned the game so fast back to GameStop. <laughs> like, it, it didn't even last the weekend. It's like, mm, take it back. I think we worth made it. it like, what, 20, 30 minutes? And we're like, oh, no, let's get back was, in the car. No, it just was not worth it. So I guess what do you miss about gaming or the gaming industry in general, like maybe 10, 15 years ago compared to now? Really anything I could miss because it's kind of evolved to where I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I guess sometimes just conciseness of games where you can wrap up a story mode in two hours. You can't do that nowadays. Right. And still tell a great, concise story. Very rare. How about you? I guess maybe about the industry in general. I kind of miss that game developers really had to work harder for your money. I felt like back then. Yeah. Um, because they didn't yeah. really have like social media and stuff to build up that hype months, even years in advance. Like They really had to sell you on a game way it was simplified and you had yeah. to rely on certain types of, of networks or programs like X play or G four in general to really get or like your... magazines. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and to really get your information and make a really informed decision about, you know, the games that you were purchasing, what features were coming with it. Quality across the board was mm-hmm. much better because you didn't have the microtransactions, you didn't have DLC. Developers really put their all into making a good game. Yeah, there was a lot of crap out there, but still, I felt like they had to work harder to really earn your, your money. Uh, whereas now, it's like, pre-order this and pre-order that, and you can get XYZ, you get this gun. Right. And yeah, developers really had to put their all in to build that trust and build that audience. And I feel like they don't really get to do that now or don't really have to as right. much. Yeah story most kind of piggyback little things here and there off of each other. So like it's probably going to get in the future a little bit too crowded to where it's very hard to discern games. So yeah. finally, the last question, if you had the chance to revive one game or franchise from the dead, which would it be and why? Hmm, probably Streets of Rage or Double Dragon. Yes. Streets of Rage is one of the original beat-em-ups, and it was just so much fun to play. If they could bring that back, and it would emphasize co-op gaming, too. Especially couch co-op. I feel like we need more couch co-op games. Bring that back. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah. What about you? It's called Bust a Groove, and it's kind of like the rapper of having <sighs> to do things in time or sync with the music as you have like this dance-off between you and another person. But I definitely would love to revive that series because it was just a fun game for kind of like beat agents, I think. I remember that agents. game. Wow. Yeah. Well, are you ready to go on to the Wheel of Ronda Tandem? Let's spin it. Okay, 
Okay, so today's Wheel of Random Tandem. Tiffany, I think we kind of answered yes. this, but where would you like to see the podcast a year from now? I think I would like to see at least our our listenership at least triple. Eh? 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 Anybody? Bueller? And possibly even get like a guest or two. I know that we... Had came mighty close to like tell Andre the black nerd like, well, you just come on for like five seconds at least. But then get the opportunity to see that. But I know that he's supposed to be maybe coming back to Arlington this year. I don't know. But maybe then we can ask him to be a part of an episode and we can nerd out then. Or like Kevin and Patrick from Triage, we'll probably even have them on. What about you? I would love an increase in, in subscribers across the board, like not just on like YouTube, but Twitter twitch and like the actual podcast uh yeah we i mean we do get stats and stuff so it would be really awesome to see that go up and get our audience out there and i guess i think like we'll know we have arrived if we start getting invited to conventions and stuff there's already already one that we've been invited to and i'm like i need to do the forums and send the money and yeah yeah it would be nice to do some more collaboration, especially with Twiach, like you were saying. And I want to be the girl. She has a lot of really good convention tips and stuff. And so. Oh, awesome. Like, we're BFFs now. So it's like, oh, it would be cool to have her on and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm definitely glad to be here with you, Mia, and also with our <laughs> listeners for such a wonderful year. And thank you for listening to us, guys. That's been awesome and a blessing you guys are everything honestly oh the shit (laughs) so do you have any final thoughts you guys know what to do hit up the socials twitter youtube twitch tumblr and facebook subscribe to us and yeah so that way you get all the updated information we would love it if we could increase our play count now since now we're over a thousand so it's like can we get to like 1500 or 2000 like that'd be cool yeah like make sure you're sharing the podcast especially if you are a gamer or you know someone who likes to game we have a lot of stuff to talk about so yeah and spread the word tiff we have quite a few new followers on twitter like they've been busy we dude and d the whoppers so the the new followers are and please excuse me for mispronouncing anything or we have Senka Kosic, Chels BZD, Your Fresher Grazer 78, Ross Gilman, Navina Tosic, Pimp Sugar, and DJ Professor K from Twitter. Yay! Thank you for joining us, guys. And yeah, hopefully we don't scare you guys off. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no promises still. Also, quickly for the special shouts. The special shout out, Blurts Online, I Wanna Be the Girl, the BFF, and also Miss Kayla. Also, we're going to start doing like a new thing here to commemorate our one year. We're going to add a new little element. So yes, we're going to kidnap your ears for like two or three more minutes. PYT, fangirl moment, and that is not just a Michael Jackson song. Podcasts, YouTube videos, or channels that we think is neat, especially those are gaming related, and we will just want to share things that we like to hear or listen to or follow. So Mia, do you have a couple? Yeah, Kay is gaming. We mentioned her before. She's mm-hmm. it's Kayla. But um, she's so sweet. She is so nice. And she has a YouTube channel. This is the nice woman who was making friends on Overwatch. And she befriended this cute little boy. And it was just adorable. And yeah, so go follow her, please. She's amazing. And then Fizzy, he does an Assassin's Creed-based channel. And so he talks a lot about the series, different characters, lore, and things like that. 
and he has some really good insights about stuff. So if you're a big fan of Assassin's Creed, definitely follow him. And then for upcoming events, as you guys know, Classic Game Fest is coming up July 29th and the 30th in Austin, Texas. So if you have not gone online, go get your passes. Pretty awesome. And get your list. Get a list. Yes. Then the Let's Play Gaming Expo in Irving, Texas, August mm-hmm. 5th through the 6th. That one's really fun as well, and it's just a very low-key event. You can go in, play a bunch of old retro games, and it's good for the whole family, so do that. And then last but not least, QuakeCon, August 24th through the 27th in Grapevine, Texas. And again, BYOC registration has been closed for a minute, but you can still mm-hmm. register for free online, so that way you can go and, and see all the things. So, yeah. Definitely check those out. Amen. So we will see you guys on our next episode, which will be our Father's Day episode. Kick-ass fathers and video games. Yay. Yeah. And so we will see y'all next week. Y'all stay game-tastic. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you for such a wonderful year. And here's to another awesome year on top of that. You guys are amazing. Bye. We love you. Bye. Bye.